Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you guys here with us this morning. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name's Brian. I'm the teaching pastor here at Fusion. Um, what that means is that, that I get to be up here a lot of weeks, and we're going to open the Bible together, and we're going to read together, we're going to learn some stuff together today, and then figure out how we can yeah, apply that to our lives. We believe at Fusion City that is to come in here and learn a whole bunch of stuff that we don't have the ability to apply doesn't, doesn't do us a whole lot of good. And so we try to teach in such a way that we, we like to say we, we put handles on it so we can carry it out of here with us when we go. So I hope that that's your experience today, uh, if, especially if this is your first time. Uh, we want to say welcome to you if it's your first time. We, we know you could have picked a lot of other places to spend your time this morning. The fact that you're here hanging out with us means a lot to us so much. In fact, we'd love to give you a gift Now, how you get that. Uh, when you walked in today, you received a program. The bottom half of that tears off. We call that a connection card. If you'll fill out that connection card and take it to the hub, we've got a gift for you there. Just our way, again, of saying thanks for hanging out. We're really glad that you're here. We love new people. We love, love, love having new people with us. So we're really glad that you are here. And you picked a great week to show up. We're starting a brand new series today called Ghost Stories. And we're going to be talking for the next uh, next three or four weeks, next four weeks, counting today, uh, about the, the Holy Spirit and what it, what it means, who he is, uh, how he interacts with us, and what we then can take away from our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing about digging into a message series on the Holy Spirit. Some of you uh, come from a, a varied church backgrounds. Now, there have been whole denominations that created themselves or split off from other denominations because of their beliefs concerning what it looks like to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit and how he shows up in our lives. There have been whole denominations set apart from that. So, so in my experience growing up uh, with the Holy Spirit, maybe a little bit different than some of you, right? Some of y'all might have come from those churches where when the Holy Spirit shows up, people start running laps and taking clothes off, right? Like that just, I've, I've been there, all right? They get, they get a little rowdy when the Holy Spirit shows up. Now, I grew up in an environment, we didn't even talk about the Holy Spirit. Like, we, like we, we knew all about the Father, and we loved the Father, and we knew all about Jesus and how he came to save us for our sins. And then there was this other thing, like the Holy something. We, like we, we, didn't, even, we didn't even really address it very much. And there kind of seems to be in, in Christianity or in Christendom this, this pendulum swing from I'm all about the Holy Spirit and when he gets a hold of me, man, I just lose control and go crazy and you know, I, I do crazy stuff. And then there's over here where like, Holy Spirit. Like we just kind of whisper when we say his name. Like we don't, we don't even want to say it too loud. And what I've found is that oftentimes when there's this, this big pendulum swing as it pertains to matters of faith and doctrine, that what is right and true is usually somewhere in the middle. So I don't know what kind of background you came from or what kind of denomination you and your family were part of growing up or if you even grew up in church or had a denomination or know anything about the Holy Spirit whatsoever. Here's what I do know. We're going to take a look at Scripture and see if we can best ascertain the truth about the Holy Spirit. Now, here, here's what that means for some of you who have a different background than me. I'm going to say some stuff y'all probably don't agree with. And if you grew up like me in a similar church to the kinds and styles that I grew up in, you're probably going to disagree with me too. And both of those things are okay. Here's what I'm asking. Here's, what, here's all I would ask you to do. Before you get all upset and angry and, oh, that preacher don't know what he's talking about and all that, all that and leave, can we just have a conversation? Can we talk? 
Like, like I'm, I'm going to teach up here, but today I'm the only person with a microphone, and we're not going to do Q&A today, so like no, no hand raising tonight, and you get to have your questions answered, so I'm going to speak. Y'all are going to listen. If you disagree, man, just let me know. I feel like the staff at Fusion, we're, you know, we're pretty accessible. Like we're, you can get access to us. You know, we're not so closed off and you know, don't question anything we say, that kind of stuff. No, if you, if you disagree, let's, let's have a conversation. I might learn something. You might learn something. Who knows? But here's all I'm saying. Before, if I say something you don't agree with as it pertains to the Holy Spirit or anything, not just this series, but any series, before you get ill and leave, man, talk to me. I'd love to have the conversation. So uh, the, the study of the Holy Spirit as, as it pertains to um, kind of this, this overarching theme of theology or the study of God being theology, um, there's a specific branch or leg or portion of theology that, um, that we as- assign to the study of the Holy Spirit, and it's called pneumatology. Now, if you're talking to your, uh, your not-so-smart friends and you're going to invite them to church, right, you can just tell them we're doing a series on ghost stories, right, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. But if you want to impress them, folks, if you want to sound really smart, you can say, my church has embarked on a journey through the study of pneumatology. And you'll sound really, you'll sound like a theologian. Like, they'll be like, dang, they got it going on. Like, I don't know, whatever, however you need to couch it to invite your friends, man, we'd love for you, for your friends and your families to, to, to come and hang out with us and if you think telling them we're talking about ghost stories would be cool, tell them we're talking about ghost stories. If you think they'd be impressed um, by the fact that we're studying pneumatology and the study of Holy Spirit, you can tell them that. Now, here's where we get the, the term pneumatology. It comes from the Greek word for spirit, uh, which is the word pneuma. It shows up all throughout the New Testament as it pertains to the spirit, depending on which translation of the Bible you have. It may say spirit. It may say Advocate, it may say helper, comforter, counselor. We're going to cover a few of those today and talk about them. But, but the term pneuma, as it pertains to the Greek, is kind of this, it's, it's a word picture. That's what I love so much about the Greek language. I wish I spoke it and could read it better. Um, but the Greek language for every word, there's kind of a, a word picture that goes with each word. And the word picture for pneuma is kind of this forced breath of air. Now, this, this expulsion of air or this blast of breath, it's a, it's a strong breeze. And this is the term that the Bible uses to describe the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want us to do as we kind of dig in is I want to look at something that, that really kind of su- surprised me or, or caught me off guard as, as I began to really dig into the, the idea of the role of the Holy Spirit in each of our lives. And it's something that Jesus said. Now, if you, if you know anything about the things that Jesus did in Scripture and the guys that he was hanging out with, Jesus was hanging out with these 12 dudes that we call the disciples or the apostles. And they got to see him do all of these incredible things, all these miracles. And he was with them every day and hanging out with them and he was teaching them. And, and they were going to be the ones that would eventually institute the church. And so he's kind of trying to train up these 12 men so they can do great things for his kingdom and the gospel. And he's hanging out with them all the time, every day. And then he says this in John chapter 16, verse 17. He says, nevertheless... I tell you the truth, and watch this. I don't want you to miss this because this is what kind of floored me. It is to your advantage that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, the helper or the Holy Spirit, that's another term for him in this text, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, let me tell you why this kind of caught me off guard. Because what could be better than hanging out with Jesus? Jesus said, it's to your advantage. Other translations say, it is better for you or best for you that I go away. Because if I go away, then I can send my, the helper, the Holy Spirit. But let's go back to the question. What is better than hanging out with Jesus? You get a headache. Jesus is like, no more headache. You're done. Like just healed. Right? Hanging out with Jesus. You're hanging out with Jesus and your dog dies. Jesus just resurrect your dog. Uh, like dog, back to life. You're hanging out with Jesus and your cat dies. He can perform the funeral. Because you don't resurrect cats. Once they're gone, you just let them go. Right? Y'all know how I feel about them felines. Right? G- Jesus can do the funeral. You're hanging out with Jesus. You got half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a bag of Cheetos and a half a drink bottle of water of Aquafina. Jesus is like, I'll feed your whole family and then some. Like, we, we, we divide it up. We'll do, the, we'll do the fish and chips thing again, right? You got PB&J and Cheetos. Jesus makes Thanksgiving dinner. Like, just all, it would be awesome to hang out with Jesus. But Jesus, no, 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 no. It's better for you. There's something better for you than hanging out with me. And here's what it is, that I go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit. And here's a question we've got to answer. We're going to answer it throughout the, the context of this conversation. But is that how we feel about the Holy Spirit? Hey, Jesus is awesome, and I love Jesus, and I can't wait to be with Jesus. I want to go to heaven because I love Jesus, and Jesus died for my sins, and I'm so all about Jesus. But there's something current in my life that's better than even Jesus being here in the flesh, and that's that I have the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in my life. Let me ask you, is that, is that how you feel about the Holy Spirit? Because I'm going to tell you, for a long time, again, I told you about my church background, we didn't even really talk about the Holy Spirit. I couldn't wait to get to heaven so I could be with Jesus. And Jesus, no, 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 it's better for you that you have the Holy Spirit instead of me in the flesh. Here's why. When Jesus was in the flesh, when Jesus was walking around as, as a man, as flesh and bone, blood that you could touch, see, and feel, he, he was somewhat in his humanity limited to time and space. He was, he was in a single location he, he did, at all times, and, and he, could, he could minister to you, but he wasn't in you. Like that's the only time that another human is inside of a human is like when a baby's being carried by a mother. Otherwise, we're all walking around talking to each other. And that was the relationship that humanity had with Jesus in his human form. So here's what Jesus is saying. If I go away, I can send my spirit back, and he will be with you Always, because he's not going to be just beside of you, but he's going to be in you. It's better for him to be in you, to have the presence of God, because let's not make the mistake of not thinking that the Holy Spirit is in fact God. God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is a person, but he's a spiritual person that lives in us. We have total, close, and intimate proximity to the Holy Spirit in our lives, and that's why Jesus said it's better that I go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit to be with you, in you, 
and alongside of you always. So what I want to do today is I want to give you four reasons that we need the Holy Spirit. We could even say that these are four reasons that the Holy Spirit is so much better for us than Jesus in the flesh. All right, so number one, if you're taking notes and you want to write these down, here's number one. He comforts us. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. John 14, verses 16 and 17 says this, and again, this is Jesus speaking. He said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. There's another, there's again, the term for the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So this thing that is in us because of our relationship with God, bought and paid for through Jesus Christ the Son, is the presence of the Holy Spirit who is our helper. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all need some help this morning, you know? Don't we all? Don't we need that helper? Don't we need that, that, that comforter? Especially as we get closer to the election. We, we're like, we need some help, man. And we, and we don't need that kind of external help. We need, that, we need that kind of internal comfort and help. And that is exactly what we have in the person, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Number two, he counsels us. He's our counselor. Look with me again in the, the book of John chapter 16. And again, still Jesus. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will, look what he do. He'll guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, Jesus speaking of himself, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. We talk all the time about when we, when we read scripture, that the scripture is living and breathing and active. Do you want to you know what makes the scriptures that we read living, breathing, and active? is that as you read scripture, as you read the word of God, as God communicates to you through your word, when you have the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, as you read and God is speaking to you through his presence who is within you, that's why, look, I, this is why I love scripture. I told somebody a couple months ago, um, every time we do a series and I'm teaching out of a scripture and I study out of that book during the week, that's my favorite book of the Bible. Whatever scripture I'm reading at the time is my favorite scripture ever. I'm, I'm like, the, like the dog that, can't, that goes from one toy to the other. Like scripture is like my little dog toys and I love all of them. If I'm reading in James, James is my favorite book of the Bible. If I'm reading in Ephesians, Ephesians is my favorite book of the Bible. If I read in Romans, you get the picture, right? So like every time I'm reading something, that's my favorite thing. Because in that moment, I'm so connected to God because his presence is within me in the form of the Holy Spirit interpreting scripture and again teaching to me the things that Jesus wants me to know. And you can't get that anywhere else. And you can't get that until you have the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can read scripture all day long, but it won't have any power 
I can't say any. It won't have as much power until you read the word of God with the Holy Spirit speaking to you as you read, teaching, drawing things out, showing you things in Scripture you've never seen before. And you say, how can you read the same book so many times and get something new out of it every time? Let me give you the answer, the Holy Spirit. That's why. That's why I read the Bible over and over and over again because it's always new and fresh and awesome and it's always my favorite book right at that time. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's our counselor making clear to us the things that Jesus wants us to know. That's what the verse just said. He will take what is mine, Jesus said, and he will declare it to you. Come on, how many of y'all want to hear from Jesus this morning? Right? How do we do it? We, we read scripture and we allow the Holy Spirit to help us interpret and understand. Well, I, don't even, I don't understand all that stuff in the Bible. You need the Holy Spirit. You, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be any kind of scholar to read and understand and get something out of Scripture. You just got to be willing. And you got to be submissive to allow the Holy Spirit to help you understand. But you got to start. Right? You can't read your Bible with it closed. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard. I've tried. Superman only, right? Number three, if you're taking notes, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. John chapter 16, verse 8 says, When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. I had a friend say something to me. It's been about a year ago now, I guess. He said, I can't be your Holy Spirit. I was talking to him about a, about a problem I was having and didn't know which way to go and what to do. And it's like, I feel like if I do this, it will be honoring to God. And I feel like you know, if I do this, I'm still honoring God, but it's two totally different paths. Like, what do I do? And he said, man, I, I can't be your Holy Spirit. I can't tell you what's right and wrong, but the Holy Spirit can. He can tell you. Now, let's, let's take that out of just out of decision making. And, and let me tell, tell, me tell y'all this because it's true for me. It's true for you, too. You can't be anybody else's Holy Spirit. You, you can't convict anybody else of sin. Did you know that? Oh, don't we try, though? Well, we lay down a guilt trip, a guilt trip in a minute, some of us. It's not your responsibility to convict other people of sin. Your responsibility as a follower of Christ is to get them into a relationship with the Holy Spirit so he can convict them of sin. Be careful with how you talk to people. You tracking with me? Do your heads like this for me for a minute. Like, like listen to me for a minute. All right? You might be right. You might be right according to Scripture. But if they can't get past you to get to Scripture You are what's keeping them from being convicted of sin instead of being the one to help them feel conviction from the Holy Spirit. You tracking? It's okay to disagree with people. That's fine. It's okay for you to be right, but be careful how you be right. That's horrible English, but I bet you get the idea. I think I heard a cliche or a saying, you never really win an argument, right, especially as it pertains to your spouse. What does winning do? Uh, all, yeah, amen. Uh, all, all winning, all winning an argument does is places you in, in, in a spot higher than the other person. Like I, I defeated you. Ha! How are we ever supposed to share the gospel from that platform? 
Let me tell you how wrong and stupid you are. Now you want to come love my Jesus? Can't do it. You can't be anyone else's Holy Spirit. He is the one who convicts of sin. And lastly, if you're taking notes, number four, the Holy Spirit covers us in prayer. He covers us in prayer. I want to read you uh, two two of my favorite verses because because it's right now. I'm going to read it. It's, It's my favorite right now. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. This is Paul, not Jesus, but he says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. That's good news, isn't it? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, watch this, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and he searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God let me me tell you what that means to me and and why it's such a big deal to me because there have been a lot of times in my life, and I'm, I'm willing to bet that there, were, there, were, there have been a lot of times in your life where you got to a point where you didn't even know what to say anymore to God. Whether it was because of some tragedy or some horrible thing that had happened or because of something great. And you just, like, I used to tell my wife this when we were dating. I can't even find the words to express how much I love you. Now, anybody, if you're dating, that's good stuff, right? Just tell that to a girl, especially if you're trying to get her to be your wife. They love that stuff. There have been times where I was even so overjoyed with the presence of God that I didn't even have the words to speak. And there have been times in my life where I've been so overcome by grief and stress or anxiety or worry that I didn't even know where to start praying. And this is what Paul just said. When we don't even know what we ought to pray, when we don't even know where to start, the Holy Spirit prays for us. He, he intercedes. To, to intercede means to, to he, he goes to God on our behalf. Other translations of the Bible in places call the Holy Spirit our advocate. That, that he, he goes on our behalf to the Father. When we don't know what to even ask for or where to start because we're so overcome, it's the Holy Spirit that says, hey, I, I got you. You just be quiet for a minute. You, you, you spend some time in the quiet. You let me pray for you. And he goes to God in ways that we can't even understand. He covers us in prayer. That's why Jesus said, it's better for you if I go away. Because if I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit back. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to comfort you. From the inside out, he's going to give you that internal kind of peace, that peace that can only come from the inside. He's going to counsel you. He's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to speak to you on my behalf so that you can hear me, so that you can understand God's word. He's going to convict you of sin because when you step out of line, don't we all want to, if we're trying to walk this path and be closer to Jesus and more like him as we walk through life, don't we want to know when we've messed up? Sure we do. And the Holy Spirit is there inside of us. Uh, 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 uh. Back over here. Come on. 
No, 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 stay away from that. Come over here. Like people talk all the time about our conscience. This isn't a conscience thing. This is a God thing. This is not your conscience at work. This is God inside of you at work. He's our counselor. He convicts us of sin and he covers us in prayer when we're so overcome with any kind of emotion or any kind of thoughts or feelings. It's the Holy Spirit that goes to God on our behalf. So let me ask you again. What would it look like for you to not have the Holy Spirit? We'll do it this way. What if I told you today that tomorrow you would never again have access to the Holy Spirit, that he would leave you forever and be gone forever? Would it, would it make a difference? Are, how aware are you of the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in your life? How, how much is he changing you? What would your life look like if he were gone? A few years ago, I was, uh, we were with another church organization and we were, uh, we were a multi-site church. We had lots of locations. And I walked into one of the locations and I, I met with one of the other pastors. He said, hey, I, w- I want to show you something I saw on Facebook. And so he pulls up this page and it was somebody I didn't know. But the, the guy had had a negative experience with the church that I was part of. And because we had multiple locations, he didn't, he didn't identify which location he had had the problem at. And um, there was a comment, a um, few, few lines down or whatever, and it said, oh, was it, uh, was it the one in Kannapolis? Because I know the guy who leads that church in Kannapolis, and that guy's a real, and he said a name that I'm not allowed to say from stage anymore. I'm not saying I've never said it. I'm just saying I, don't, I can't say it from stage. That guy's a real blank. I would, I'd never go to that church. So I got upset because I'd just been insulted. That's, that's what happens when you get insulted. You get upset. And then I thought about it. Like I had not, I had not seen this guy for probably... I don't know, seven or eight years, ten years. It's been a, it's been a long time. I've done been to the Marine Corps and come back. It was a long time. He knew me in my like early early twenties, and I got to thinking. He's right. He's right. That guy he knew, he was a real word. I'm not allowed to say from the stage. He's he's right. Like, that's, that is who I was. I didn't like that guy either. If I had to hang out with old me, I'd have said the same thing. So I sent him a Facebook message. I said, hey, man, look, saw what you wrote. I ain't even mad at you. Because you know what? You're right. You're right. That is absolutely who I was. But let me tell you what's happened in the time since we used to hang out pretty regularly. 
God has radically changed my life through the power of the Holy Spirit at work within me. And who I was is not who I am. And the very last thing I would ever want to happen on the face of the planet was for who I was to keep you from an experience at church. At my church, even. So I, I'll take you to lunch. We can go hang out. Like whatever, whatever I got to do to prove to you that I'm not who I was so that you can feel free to attend our church. Like I, I want to show you how much God has done in my life. I want to show you. Because it's a testimony. When you get access to a, to a comforter and you don't stress out like you used to, when you get access to a counselor that helps you stop acting like that thing, and you become a whole lot less arrogant when you see that it's all God and none of you, when you get convicted of sin and how you treat people, and it matters how you treat them, not because you want them to like you, but because you want them to like your Jesus, and when you get access to a Holy Spirit, that even when you fail miserably as a human being, goes to the Father and says, hey, God, he's messing up right now, but hang on. Like, I got him. It changes you. It it radically changes you. And that's what I wanted him to see. And so several months went by, he showed up at church. And he got really plugged in, and he went and helped us launch another church. He's here this morning. I ain't going to look at him because I ain't trying to call him out. I don't want y'all to be like, who is it, who is it, who is it? Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. It don't matter. It's the story of how radically God can change a life. In the same way that the, Holy, the presence of the Holy Spirit has changed me, he can change you. Even if you're a, th- that word. See, we were talking in the office this week, or last week, I think, about this. I feel like there's a lot of y'all here, I hope I'm right, that love me, who like me, who enjoy being around me. Don't, don't nod, I'm not, looking for your, I'm not looking for your praise. But you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. See, you, 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 you met me recently, but you didn't, you didn't know me then. I was a lot different then. I was a lot less likable then. I don't like who I was. It's the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in my life. And I want that so badly for you. Because I love you. I like most of you. (laughs) And as the Holy Spirit continues to work, I bet I like you even more. But we got to give him a chance. We got to submit to him. We got to let him comfort and counsel and convict and cover us because it's worth it to see how much he can change us. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we navigate this idea of a life radically changed by the presence of your Holy Spirit within us, Would you help us, God, to submit, to give in, to let go, to allow you to reign supreme in our lives?
Because, God, when we submit to that kind of, of spiritual leadership, your presence within us, God, we can't help but change for the better. But we can't help but be a better version of us. Because the more that we look like your son, Jesus, the less we'll look like the old us. So God, help us. Help us. Because we need you. We need your presence. We need your power. We need your favor, your grace, and your mercy to change us to mold us, to to continue the shaping process of making us into the image of one that can be powerfully used by you. God, we love you. We thank you that through your son, Jesus, the access that we have to you directly and to the presence of your Holy Spirit within us, God, would you take over Remove all of that that would make us an obstacle to someone else coming into a relationship with you. Give us boldness and power as we speak the name of your son who is our savior. As we tell your story to the masses, God help us. We love you, Father. We praise you, Holy Spirit, for how wonderfully you work within us. We submit our lives to your presence and your control. We do so because of the favor we've found through Jesus the Son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.